0: Chapter 27, A Deal with the Devil I stand outside the door from the street. I've pushed it open, but not yet stepped inside Crowley's Hall. Then a boy runs up. Telegram, sir. He pushes it into my hand and turns and runs off without asking for a tip. I open the folded paper and read the message. The walls eat up my insect heart. And I know it's from Miranda. Slowly but surely she's escaping from any chance of rescue, so I need to learn the elixir recipe. And I must hurry. I step inside. My black shoes are scuffed against the brilliant black and white diamond tiles, polished by the charwoman long before Crowley rose before breakfast, if he even eats. I clip-clop up the stairs and wait outside his door, then hate myself for my reticence and knock. The door swings open under the first blow of my knuckles, and Crowley says, No need to knock, dear boy. Enter, please. He sits where he always sits. There's an awkward silence and he raises an eyebrow in lieu of a question. I shrug. I didn't think you would, of course, he says. Then he waves me across. Sit in your normal chair, Adam. I take it you're here because you want something from me. I sit where I sat when I woke first in this world, the chair that gave me birth. He looks almost fatherly. I did hope to see you again, Adam. I'm glad you haven't run out on me, even though you didn't deliver on your promise. I start. I didn't promise, he smiles archly. Oh, you did. We're talking about his demand to bring him a warm one so he can empty it out of whatever personality's left, then pour himself in, just like someone shucking a nut. He sits back and steeples his fingers in a mockery of prayer. So? I take the bottle of mercury from my inventory. The clay feels warm in my hand, and the metal sloshes gently inside. Again, I'm amazed how heavy it is. Someone outside the windows is selling papers. Not many left. The disembodied voice yells. Crowley indicates the bottle in my hand. What's that? He looks interested. Mercury. That living metal full of alchemical portent, I nod. You want me to do something with it? How much does he know about alchemy? Maybe he doesn't know what you need to do to Mercury to make the elixir. Or maybe he does know everything, and he's playing with me, dragging knowledge out of me bit by bit, like extracting teeth, shattering them into pieces and pulling them out with his pliers, broken root by broken root. I come clean. I need a spell cast on it. It doesn't make it easy for me. He sits with that infernal grin, literally infernal, and doesn't say a word. I cough and shuffle in my seat. I need it quickened. So far, so far, it's dead. And you need it to live, to act as a solvent when you make the elixir of life. So he knows. Of course, I've been asked before. They say the elixir has very special properties, properties that might even help me. Might help you? I don't think so. I sound scornful. He's beyond any help or humanity. He bears my scorn and lets it wash over him. But it's always a case if you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours. What could you do that would help me, Reverend Cadmon? I don't immediately answer, but I know what he means. He clucks with his tongue. It's simply polite to do me a favour if I'm doing you one, isn't it, old boy? I feel myself blush. Of course I don't, I don't like him, certainly don't trust him. But I need him. It would be foolish to antagonize him no matter how easily that comes to me. But you're right, you know the spell. He folds his hands neatly on his lap. I must say I'm impressed by how far you've come with your alchemy. To make the elixir at level, what is it, six? Five. You must have practically no other skills. Other players strive to be more balanced. You must want that elixir very much. You must have your own special reasons for ploughing everything into alchemy. Am I right? I can't make it yet, I blurt, but soon. Soon. Need a little more XP, do we? He smiles his thin, evil smile. Perhaps I can help you with that. So will you cast a spell on the mercury to liven it so it can be used as a solvent for the elixir? My dear Adam, of course I will. But there's that thing we were talking about. Of course. The same thing. A swallow. I remember the warm ones with their starfish masks in the nameless city in Leng. He can hardly expect me to go to Leng and come back again. I want to catch them by surprise when I finally make my bid to free Miranda, not traipse back and forth. The same thing, I echo. I'm sure you can manage that, and I'll throw in a little quest for you too, just to lift your XP. I mean, I really do want to help you. You're my little protégé, after all. Then, the message comes across my HUD. Alistair Crowley offers you the quest of the warm one. Do you accept? Crowley's chuckling, this little deal done against my better judgement and sense of morality obviously tickles his sense of humour. I leave the message on my HUD. I think of refusing, but the choice is between bringing him some unknown person, a person whose life will be consumed whatever I do, that, or leaving Miranda to transform into something so alien There will be no returning, and I know I don't have time for these finer points. My throat's dry, my hands like claws on the upholstered arms of the chair, unable to meet his eye or speak. I nod, his eyes narrow. Is that a yes? I nod again. Say it, Adam, say yes. Accept my quest, then I'll help you in your quest. What could be fairer than that? I clear my throat and say, yes. I select accept, and it's done. Capital, dear boy, capital, is very pleased. Where do I find one, I say. I'm even talking about them like the things, he shrugs. About that, I have no idea. I leave it to your ingenuity. His voice tails off, the sweet going sour. Just don't be long. The bottle of mercury stands on the wooden table between us. I look at it, and he meets my eye as I glance up. I shan't do it until you're back, obviously. Obviously. Then he shoes me off. Better be on your way, I should think. Tick-tock and all that. I stand and take the bottle of mercury. When I pick it up, he laughs, but I ignore him and make my way downstairs. I promised what I promised. What choice did I have? I go down the steps and Le Coase is waiting for me. Howdy, he says. I'm still irritated at myself. I snap. I thought you were French, not a cowboy. He laughs. A French cowboy, anyway. So did he agree? To what? To enchant your mercury? I nod, how did you know? Lacose taps his nose. Anyway, where the hell have you been? I realise half the irritation in my voice comes from the fact I was worried about him. Around, I grunt and he peers at me. You're very touchy, Adam. I haven't seen you since I saved your life. A thank you might be nice. You made me jump off a train. He throws back his head. When he's finished laughing, he says, And saved your life. Thank you. We walk a few paces further. He hasn't asked where we're going. I stop. Do you realise how serious and dangerous all this is? If I believe you, we're fighting the end of the world and you laugh. I have a strong sense of inner purpose. I don't know what to say, so I say, for fuck's sake. He laughs again and we start walking. And I don't like being spied on by my friends. I didn't say I was your friend, he winks. No, Cowper told me about the Mercury. I went there guessing you would have called in. We walk down the street. I'm not sure where I'm walking either. I just let my feet take me, and the is silent until he says, So, did he agree? You didn't say. The heaviness of my sigh almost weighs me down. The interprets it and says, I bet he drives a hard bargain. I rub my forehead. Well, Christian, I've made a deal with the devil. He wants me to get a warm one so he can body snatch her. He looks momentarily puzzled, so I elaborate. Empty her out and take her over. Then he nods like he's heard it before. They all want that, the NPCs, Lacose says. They want to be free like we're free, to move around and be more than scripted things. The only way they can do that is to take one of us over. The warm ones are empty. I say I don't want to debate it. The thought of it makes me sick. But I have to do it. I guess you do. We need the elixir, then we can save hundreds of warm ones. We sacrifice one for the good of the many. You talk like a soldier. I am. That must be what he does in real life. French army, he says. We need to get a warm one. Trouble is, I don't know where to start. Lacose nods. We're walking into town now, down towards Tottenham Court Road, he says. Could be difficult. We could try Colney Hatch Lunatic Asylum. That's where they prepare them in London. But Miskatonic have it pretty heavily guarded. It's funny. That's where I was kept in the real world when my sanity dropped. They use the same place in the game before they send the poor souls off. Prepared to the dreamlands and the nameless city. Then I remember. The woman with the light in her eyes I saw last week outside the museum tavern. They said she'd escaped. She was one of the warm ones. She might still be there. I tell the co's and he says, yes, it might be worth a look.